So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we are here with Lori Ann Rising. She is an international award-winning author of You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. She works with women and is a digital nomad with an MA in organizational communications and leadership. Her podcast for women, You Rising, dives into the transformational experiences that drive us to be rising women in every aspect of life. Her writing and conversations challenge old paradigms and reconnect women with their inner wow. W-O-W, meaning the wise one within, opening doors to living a life that sets our souls ablaze. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yay, of course. So tell us all about your new book. Oh my goodness. So You Rising, it came out of my own process of, I want to say, reawakening to this part of myself that I had stuffed away and put away. And when I felt it come back up, it was a really interesting moment because I'm like, oh wait, there's there are these dreams in my life that I've forgotten existed. And, you know, I started asking questions like, well, what if there's a part of me that just is outside of culture, outside of all the stuff I've been taught? What if there's a part of me that goes beyond even this lifetime? If I could tap into that somehow, you know, and then course, as I began to, I started asking questions like, well, how can I teach others to tap into that wiser one within as well and live a life that's more in alignment with it? So that's where the book was born is that process of digging deep and learning how to articulate those parts of ourselves that so often just feel like an intuitive feeling of some kind that we can't quite wrap language around. Yeah, we'll go deeper into that, you know, because we all have different names, right, for this energy that it is that you can feel when you're in that intuitive state or what that intuition is. How do you describe it to your clients? Well, that's what I refer to as the wise one within, and that's my language. Some of my clients will use soul, heart, spirit, God, the universe, Whatever it is, there's just some 
part of ourself. Some might refer to it as the higher self or deeper self, but we're aware that there's something else that's more wise than this human part is, and it's trying to communicate with us. And, and usually when we listen, it's way smarter than we are. <laughs> there's a wisdom there that we just sometimes need to trust. But that too is like building any other relationship, that there's a learning process. And sometimes we interpret things wrong and we have to tease that apart. Sometimes when we get it right, it's like, oh yeah, that really worked. Now, how do I repeat it? <laughs> Was it an accident? You know, <laughs> those kinds of questions. So what that is, I'm not... That's the best language I have is the wise one within. What it actually is, I don't know necessarily. I just know that it is. So let's see, you wrote down some questions for me to ask. Let's look at these. And you are speaking to an audience that is super advanced. So you can go as deep as you want to go here. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, so let's see, you put down, in your opinion, what does it mean to live an awakened or healed life? That's a great question. Yes. And to be honest, I have to admit that it's one that I often continue to wrestle with, but I think that's part of the awakening process. You know, we get to a certain place, we feel like we're really aware and awake, and then there's a whole nother layer that opens up and the next level of process that we go through in order to I want to say sometimes fall apart before we get to the next level. You know, it's, it's like we're shedding skin and shedding layers and constantly growing. So for me, this process of living an awakened life is just an ongoing unfolding. And there are days where it's like, oh yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And there are other days where you're like, I don't have a clue. <laughs> just, I lost it, whatever it was. <laughs> And it's an ongoing cycle. So I think so much of it is just being willing to keep going through that cycle without giving up. And, you know, it's circular in nature. Sometimes we revisit the same lessons or the same experiences. But if we've done the work in between, we'll come at it, I want to say, from a higher level or at least a different perspective. And we can feel those shifts and changes over time. So Hopefully, in that process, we get to live with more joy overall. Life is going to continue being a roller coaster. I think that's part of just the human experience. The fact that we have emotions, we make mistakes. Some days, our best self is still really messy and not perfect. And other days, we nail it. And that's just life. So being awakened, to me, is just the journey of constant learning and hopefully leveling up to some degree in some aspect of our life on an ongoing basis. What I always tell my students is that there's this underlying peace, right? Like when you come into this awakened, healed life, you might still be going through the ups and downs of everyday life, but there's this underlying faith and trust that has been built up by doing the work over and over again, where you know, like, you know, like, you know, that you are guided, you are protected. And so even when those hard times come, you can anchor into the trust, you can anchor mm -hmm. in faith, 
And it really kind of like roots you in where you still have peace. Do you feel that too? Uh, I do in many ways. And you described it well. It's almost like walking on a firmer foundation in, in many ways. There are still times where it can feel a little shaky, but it's also like building a muscle. I mean, you know, sometimes we go to the gym and we ache afterwards because part of the process of building the muscle is breaking down the old one so the new one can grow. And yet we know with practice going to the gym on an ongoing basis, the pain does go away and we do get stronger and we can have more faith that the muscle will be there when we need it type of thing. So you described it well. I, I appreciate that. It's a good foundation. Good. I love that. Okay. So your book, You Rising, talks about awareness as a double-edged sword. Explain to the listeners what you're trying to say with that. So I often use the metaphor of, you know, when we discover a sink is or a faucet is leaking, right? Our first reaction is typically not, oh, goody, it's leaking. It's usually like, oh, crap, now I have something to fix, right? (laughs) And that is so often what those aha moments can be like. That new awareness is like, oh, geez, that's what's been going on here. Oh, man, you know? And it's not always a pleasant thing. I think it's sometimes why we sort of wrestle with this idea of awakening because it requires us to become aware of things that really aren't that much fun to be aware of sometimes. (laughs) But if we remember that the upside is now we have the opportunity to fix it. Now we have the opportunity to have choices that we didn't before. Because the reality is the sink was already leaking. And literally money was going down the drain. Becoming aware of it didn't create the leak. Becoming aware of it gave us the choices to decide, well, maybe it's just tightening something. Maybe it's just modifying something. Maybe we get to just use it as an opportunity to redecorate the kitchen. You know, whatever we choose to do with that, we now have choices but it was already leaking. So the awareness piece, there's a lot of benefit in it, but that initial knee-jerk reaction is usually one we prefer to avoid. So therein is kind of that double-edged sword that we have to manage somehow and keep reminding ourselves, well, this even this is a good thing to stay aware of and keep moving forward with. So when I work with clients, what I have found over the last few, like five years is people kind of smash together a whole bunch of things, right? And spiritual awakening and doing the work to me are two almost different things. It's like step one and then step two. For me, awakening was like coming into this bliss, peace, love, elated energy. And then you're totally right. Like after the honeymoon of this energy, then stepping into well, 
I've been alive for how many years and we have been through a lot of stuff, me, myself and I, and we have to look at this and especially 2020, 2020 was an amazing year to just hold that up and, and look at how much there was to change within ourselves. But I do totally see that as like the second piece of, okay, you do have to look back and say, well, what was working for me, you know, in my past life, what's not working. And that doesn't happen overnight. That's work. Absolutely. It is work. And the awareness piece is just the first step. I mean, you know, knowing the sink is leaking is not the same as going through the motions of getting the new parts and pieces and, and doing the work of correcting it. And what I've found is that the longer we're out of alignment, the more work it is to get back. And quite often, some of those experiences, we may wake up But then something's going on and we're not quite ready to do the work or we start the work, but for some reason we don't quite complete it and we sort of go back to sleep again. It's like hitting the snooze bar, I think. You know, we're just not quite ready yet. And then we wake up the next time and go, oh, yeah, we still have to do this. And so it can be an ongoing sort of back and forth part of that circular thing. I think there are times where we do, you know, kind of, I want to say wake up all at once into this honeymoon, like you described. But for a lot of people, it's also that ongoing, well, I hit the snooze bar at that stage of my life, and now I need to do the work and wake back up again. It was really the right path. And and we do this back and forth thing for a while. So I think there's different paths to getting there. In the end, we always have to do the work one way or the other. That's just part of living in the 3D world, you know? Yes, 110%. I've got a few announcements. This month's winner of the drawing is Mackenzie Payne, who gets one free session with me. Email me a screenshot of your five-star positive review on Apple Podcasts, Google Business, or my Facebook page for your chance to win next month. Details are in the show notes. Friends, in the Angel Membership in June 2021, Archangel Raphael and I are teaching you Self-Energy Healing 101 and Chakras 101. You'll learn how to give yourself an energy healing session techniques to keep your energy clear, and how you can heal your own energy field. To join this course live or replay at any time, sign up for the Angel Membership Program today. Also, a new class of the Angel Reiki School begins on June 1st. Join this separate program to develop your unique spiritual gifts and become an Angel Reiki Master. I'm still offering private readings. To book one, sign up for our weekly angel email. Once a month, you'll get an email that contains a link to book your session online. One more thing, I am loving spending time with you live and answering your questions over on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow me on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new video content. Thanks for your support and for sharing this podcast with your people.
Okay, so the book also talks about the language of our emotions and the language of our values. I really, really love this because values is something that a lot of people bypass, but there's so much juicy information there. So give us your perspective. How are those two similar, different? Well, I see them as very related. Values is one of those words that we hear tossed around in culture a lot, you know, family values, traditional values, but we don't really dive into, well, what does that actually mean? And which values work for us versus what am I told I'm supposed to work with? And that distinction is a lot of where some of our challenges come from. There's so often where, you know, as as a child growing up, we are aware of what our family values are, but then we realize that doesn't work for us. And there's a big rub between us and the family sometimes that we have to negotiate and work out and figure out what, what really works. And our emotions, well... Those are chemical responses at one level. It's just a biological chemical response. And they're very tied to our primal instincts of survival. Values are something that I think in some ways we're born with, but they're also shaped and formed throughout our lives. And so in in many ways, they're tied together in that when our values are honored, we feel really good. We know that. We know when we're on track and in alignment. You know, if we hold truth as a high value and we know the people around us are honest and we have been honest, that feels really, really good. But when something is off, when our values are not honored, we feel that too. It feels really bad. It feels like a betrayal when somebody lies to us. You know, anger is often an indication that somewhere in our values, somebody has crossed a line and it's not working. So our our values are really about who we are and who we've shown up to be, both based on, I think, how, you know, what we've, we're born to be, but also how much life has shaped us, guided us and molded us and the choices we've made around those points. You know, two people growing up in the same household with many of the same experiences, even twins, can make choices that take them in very opposite directions. So it's not just about, you know, nature or nurture. There's a combination and a blend in there. But our emotions, sometimes they just are. I mean, grief is something that has to do with loss. We know that. There's happiness that has to do with just wonderful things happening in our lives. Emotions are just part of being human. But when some situations trigger them, it's also a language that our values communicate through us. And I want to say our wise one within communicates that way too quite often. Although that wow in us has a lot of different ways of communicating. So it's just one. So they're tied together and yet they're also distinct too. So values are something when we know what they are, they drive us forward in really wonderful ways. And when we live in alignment with them, life just works. 
it just really works. But we do also have to protect them and honor them and speak up for them. We need to set boundaries around them. We need to talk to other people about them. Quite often when we're having discussions or even arguments with people, if we really stop and look, it's because we're approaching the situation with two different values. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong. It just means they're different in that moment. And we need to shift the discussion to figure out how to honor both and bring it back into alignment. And there's there's emotions that come up around that. <laughs> so, You know, part of doing the work for me when I went through my spiritual awakening and really started to look at my life before was very eye-opening because my dad had passed away. That's how my spiritual awakening kind of came about. Mm -hmm. And while he was alive, my values completely played into my relationship with him always, where I caught him cheating on my mom when I was in third grade and then again in sixth grade. And then he married the woman next door. And and it was just very much a lot of drama. And I remember reconnecting with him in my 20s. And whenever you would reconnect with him, he'd want to introduce you to the girlfriend at the time. And then also the girlfriend on the side. And it was like, I can't do this. You know, like I can't, you know, have lunch with your girlfriend and then hear you talking on the phone to some other woman and, and then go to lunch the next day with this other person and pretend everything's okay. Like I cannot do that. At the same time, when my dad passed away, I realized that because I had taken such a hard line on that, I couldn't make peace with our relationship in the here and now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's a very common experience because it is when when two people's values are that different, it can be incredibly difficult to find common ground where you can allow the other person what is theirs and to live what works for them and allow you the same space and yet still have something, some kind of connection in between. And I think especially over the last few years, we haven't just seen that in personal relationships, but seeing it at a national level and even international level more than we have in decades. That hard line approach to, well, that doesn't work for me, therefore it just doesn't work. And that can be a difficult thing because there are, so on on one hand, I don't believe there's any right or wrong values. It's about, is it working for us? And yet, when we really feel strongly about certain issues or certain things, to honor ourselves, we kind of have to say, that's wrong, it doesn't work. And that gets delicate. I mean, we see issues, you know, like you brought up with your family, where it's like, well, that doesn't work for you, but it obviously worked for him. (laughs) And that's a different value set. But we see it too in bigger issues. Abortion comes to mind. That tends to be an issue where people get very hard line around. And yet when we sit down and talk to each other 
about what's underneath that. Let's go deeper. Let's keep going deeper. Sometimes we can eventually find the common ground, but we have to get through the emotions first. We have to be willing to peel those pieces back. And it doesn't mean we'll ever agree or convince each other of anything. And that's totally okay. It just means that maybe we can find some understanding and common ground if we're willing to dig. And and again, it goes back to doing the work. It's a lot of work to dig that deep. So give us an example of this, right? Because this is huge right now. And, you know, even though like tensions have started to settle, the underlying root values that each individual has are still there. And these extremist point of views are still there. So maybe by giving people like an example, we can help them really implement it or see it within their lives. Sure. So one of the examples that when I was doing this really early on, that was just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, that's how it works, right? I remember my kids were really young. I had gone out for a business meeting in the evening one night. And when I came home, you know, for me, if my husband at the time worked late, I would make sure that, you know, dinner was taken care of, things were cleaned up. He wanted nice, quiet, you know, time when he got home after a long, hard day is, is normal for many people. And the kids' bedtime was eight o'clock. So I'd make sure they were at least headed that direction, depending on what time it was, if not already in bed. And so when I came home after that business meeting at about 10 o'clock in the evening, I expected something similar, except when I walked in the door There was pizza boxes and soda open on the counter. I could still hear the kids up playing. They were, you know, bouncing off the walls. And I'm like, hold on a second. What's going on here? And, of course, we got the kids to bed. And then we started talking. And it started heading down the track of an argument. Because for me, it was like, why, you know, why are they still up? It's a school night. What's, you know? And there was a moment at which I, you know, he was talking about having not seen the kids for a while. And it occurred to me, we were just coming at it from a different set of values. I was valuing the quiet time in the routine, and he was valuing the extra time with the kids in that moment. And so once I realized that, we could have a different conversation around how to handle things next time and how to build in more time with him and the kids so that it wasn't just this fluke evening I was going out, you know, so he could keep the routines, those kinds of things. So we could have a different conversation to meet both of our needs over time. But it took that sort of moment, that aha moment of, oh, wait, he's talking about a different set of values here than I am. And had to had to address those. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if we could break it down even further, because I'm wondering if there's some people out there who are like values, what are we talking about values, and just like kind of give off a list of what those might be. So in my book, I actually have an entire page listed of values and a process to actually help people to identify what theirs are for themselves 
and then work with them over time to help clarify their life, really, in many ways. It's, that's essentially what the book is about. But values are really one, maybe two word phrases that sum up a lot. Like, especially in this nation, we talk about freedom. Freedom is a value. Now, what that means to each of us can be a little bit different. So part of the process is defining, well, what does freedom mean to you versus what does freedom mean to me? Another one might be abundance or learning, adventure, teaching. I think the list has, I want to say, 50 or 60 words to start working with, as well as space to add your own. And so it's, it's one word phrases that represent huge motivation for people, huge. And that's, they're a driving force. One of the ways to get to them is, you know, when you're doing something, start asking yourself why and keep asking, okay, well, if that's my why, why is that true? And, and keep going until you're, you're getting down to those one and two word phrases. Because ultimately, there's a value underneath pretty much everything we do. Oh, I love that. I'm thinking back to those times when my daughter was three and four, and everything was why, why, why. <laughs> yes. I know when we were growing up, my parents used to say, because why is a crooked letter? Because they said so. Those don't hold up. We have to find the the value in them. And, and when we really do, you know what? When I did this work, I started to see how everything that I even said in my day-to-day life and things that I was speaking in conversations, like the why and the, the reason behind why I felt called to say what I said were those values. I mean, it, it drives so much, like you said, of our life. I think this is the part that I struggle with. And I do think you're right to an extent, but there's, some things that I'm like, no, that there is no right or wrong value. Like we say murder or, you know, people who abuse women, people who abuse children, rape, you know, all of these different things. Can we put a yes or no? Do you put like a right or wrong on what we would call the bigger things? So to me, there's a, sti- a distinction between what we decide as a culture is right or wrong versus a bigger picture of right and wrongness. Because when we look at the bigger picture, there are cultures throughout time where those things are perfectly normal, natural, and that was just what people did. You know, the Vikings are notorious for taking over in very brutal ways. And that was their culture. They didn't see anything wrong with it. We live in a different time in a different place where, you know, if we talk about murder, for example, well, we can say on one level, yes, murder is wrong. Well, what about self-defense? What about war? What about these other situations? Is it really wrong or is there something more to the discussion? There are, you know, racism is one that comes to mind for me it's wrong. I would even go so far as to consider it potentially a mental illness because it's, in my opinion, a fear-based trauma response in many ways. 
Yet there is also a deep culture that does not believe there's anything wrong with it. So there's a distinction there. How do we decide at an individual level versus a cultural level versus a global level? You know, and that's where we talk about, you know, we have certain Western values. Do we have the right to go into other nations and tell them how to treat each other when their cultural values are very different? And that's, those are ongoing conversations that we need to have and dig into. I believe we each have the right and even the necessity to decide what our own values are and live accordingly. And there are many ways in which the fact that we all have different values is a really good thing because we can hold each other to a higher level of awareness and conversation by digging into these things. Talk about like where the okay. could come in and like where we could shift, you know, let's spend like put a positive spin on this because there is good that we can move as a collective into shine some light on that. That is a wonderful can of worms <laughs> in so many ways. It, it really does require that interpersonal work first and foremost to understand ourselves because it can be very triggering work to get into those conversations because our emotions are so deeply tied to our values. When somebody shows up whose values are so different from us, especially as empaths, we physically feel the dissonance and it can be physically difficult to be in someone's presence at times when that those values are so different. But when we're willing to do that, when we're willing to dive in, we can get to a place where we can see each other as human first. One of the, I think, best examples I've seen of somebody being able to really dive into some of the hard ones and create good from it, Daryl Davis comes to mind. And he is a Black man. He's a musician. And he used his music to connect with white members of the KKK. And he deliberately sought them out and would sit down and have conversations with them. And over time, by building those relationships, by at first tolerating the language and, you know, how they would speak to him, understanding where they were coming from, as he would work through those very difficult conversations, many of them gave up their robes. Many of them were leaders of the clan in their communities and gave up their robes. He has a huge collection of KKK robes now of those who have left because they saw him as human and he was able to break down all of the false beliefs they had about black people. But he had to start in the really, really uncomfortable space. And many of those relationships took years to get there. So it's doable, it's possible, and 
it, it can be gut-wrenching work. There's actually a documentary on Netflix about him and what he did and shows you some of those conversations. But that's a very clear example of what I believe is possible when we're willing to face that. And I think right now and in so many homes, we have the opportunity to do that with our families and knowing that it can take years. Totally. And it's just kind of taking me back to, you know, when I first started to do this work on myself last summer in 2020, and just look at racism in specific, because I was one of those people who would have said, there's not a racist bone in my body, right? Mm -hmm. But then you start to, you know, hear some of what black women are saying, and how white women will go into orphanages and just automatically do what they think is right for the orphanage and not ask the leadership of the orphanage, the black leaders, what is it that you need from me? Right. And so what kept coming up over and over is just because something is my value doesn't make it right in general. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's difficult work to do because those values do so drive us and we're coming from such a heart space when we're in alignment with them. Sometimes we forget and, you know, the white savior complex kicks in at an unconscious level and we have to pull ourselves back. Not everybody needs or wants that and we have to check in with them What are their values? What do they need? What do they want? What are they talking about? And what's the place they're coming from? And, you know, that takes awareness both of ourselves and of others in a way that we're not taught pretty much anywhere in our society unless we choose to do that for ourselves. You know, and I think the reason that this is so hard and tell me if you found this too, because I grew up believing from watching my parents who believe the same thing, that there was going to be a time that came in my life where everything was going to be magically perfect. And I feel like I was like searching, 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 searching in order to make my life click together and be magically perfect. And what my spiritual work told me and taught me was that that's never coming, right? And so I think the frustrating thing with the work sometimes is that so many people come from that philosophy that one day life's going to be perfect, you know, poof, but it's not coming. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think some of that comes from the American culture that has developed around, you know, well, we get to pursue happiness and we see these happy, perfect endings on TV and in books all the time. And we unconsciously start developing the belief that there's oh, there's going to be a happy ending. Of course there is. We just, you know, need to get there and then it's all going to be perfect and we live happily ever after. <laughs> and, but we do kind of fall into that, whether we're aware of it or not. And it can get very frustrating sometimes to go, wait, the real world just doesn't work that way. And I don't know that, you know, like I remember my grandparents, they didn't have that. I think it's really since more, you know, TV has become so popular. And then, of course, all the ripple effects from the Internet and more and more just stories in general that we're immersed in day in and day out. 
it, it's, I think that's something that's pretty unique to more current and upcoming generations than generations past, because there is that storyline yeah. of the perfect Hollywood happy ending. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's not real. It's, there's a reason it's in the movies and we call that escapism. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a word of my vocabulary, but I'm going to include that now. All right. What are the three A's to living a whole, healed, and meaningful life to you? For me, that comes down to awareness, alignment, and appreciation. And they're a cycle we move through on an ongoing basis. They're often things that we forget and need to come back to. And it is an ongoing process day in and day out of being willing to be aware and keep doing the work to become more aware on an ongoing basis, despite the double-edged sword we talked about earlier. And that alignment piece is really getting in touch with what our values are seeing where they're out of alignment for us and doing the work of bringing them back, which depending on what the situation can be, can create some pretty big transitions in our lives. Sometimes it's really as simple as having a conversation and it just needs a little tweak here and there. Other times we realize, you know, I went into the wrong profession and it worked well. I have great gifts from it. There's a wonderful opportunity. I met all these people and I need to make a huge transition here to get more in alignment with where I am now. And values too, as we go through life, our understanding of them shifts and changes. And so it often feels like our values shift and change. And so we need to be coming back to the alignment on an ongoing basis so that we can keep up with how we are evolving. And so it's not like, oh, I figured it out once and now I've got the happy ending and I'm all in alignment. It's like, no. It's an ongoing thing. It's like getting a rocket to the moon. I think they have to adjust the course something like, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of times per second because it's constantly shifting. Well, that's what we're doing in life. It's constantly evolving and shifting. And so we have to be just checking in and staying aware. And the appreciation piece, that is an ongoing everyday thing. And I admit it's one that I have to keep constantly coming back to and reminding myself of, because sometimes that work can get pretty darn hard. <laughs> and that's okay. That's life. So coming back to that on an ongoing basis can make it easier. It's sort of, I want to say grease in the wheels in many ways, and can keep us going and moving forward. Those three A's are are what's covered in my book. And there's a process and, and a step. And there's a, I think it's a seven day process to help people get through understanding what their values are. And then an ongoing process to just create the life they really are craving. Amazing. I love that. Lori, tell everybody where they can find your book, where they can find you online. 
Absolutely. So the best place is my website. It's laurieannrising.com. And there's information about my book there. There's also information about my podcast there. You mentioned that earlier, You Rising. And we have these kinds of conversations. I do also have a Mentorship Monday where I actually do coaching and mentoring with women live on the air, basically, so that everyone can benefit and people can apply for those spots. They're free uh, and available. So, Well, Lori, thank you so, so much for being on. We'll put all of that detail in the show notes for everybody. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it very much, Julie. Thank you. Beautiful souls, I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques and Chakras 101. July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, an advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the Angel Membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the Angel Membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, the Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, they're omnipresent piece of them. You know, they're higher selves on the other side. That's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, 
They know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show and the angel show, and I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. I pray for you every day. If you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage, and I'll be praying for you personally. Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. Begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees. 
up the thighs, the hamstrings, all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. As you feel this yummy, tingly, sparkly energy surrounding the outside of your heart, filling the inside of your heart, notice how your entire body comes into a gentle state of ease. Allow this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this yummy tingliness two inches to ten feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pool. This God energy starts to pool around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. that your heart, your body, the air surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth are connected to everything, everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into 
auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything everywhere. Friends, that is oneness. And you can carry oneness with you in your everyday. I don't want you to stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.